Okay, a day later than I probably promised. Yeah, because I definitely promised that we do it on Friday, but we're doing it on Saturday. Because you know what? You've already sorted through the other stuff. You've been waiting on me. It's given me another 24 hours to digest everything that's happened and try to get a few hours of sleep. My special guest today is Steve Cerruti. What's up, man? What's up? You know, just trying to absorb the Mo Bamba pick. Not really sure how to feel about it. How you feeling? I don't feel great, to be honest with you. I mean... Orlando's I t- really happy. I mean, I, I, there, I know there are people that love him. I just... You know, it's another guy, non-shooter, long, freak athlete who, like, can't really score yet. Are you worried about him becoming Mo Biombo? I'm worried about him not being able to play, like, when it's crunch time. So you're doing the whole, like, my eight and joke with Van Pelt on SportsCenter where, like, I really like him. I just ah, wish he was 6'7". Yeah, exactly. Um, I think we're, I think we're doing this too much now. I understand your point. It's a really valid one. Uh, smarter people than I have, have brought it up where you go, okay, you know, if I'm drafting eight and one, you know what I'd really like is him to be able to be on the floor at the end of a close game. But I'm not, I'm not of the belief now, even though I don't think the small thing, like when we were doing the draft show on Twitter, right? So it was Ryan Hollins, Chris Haynes, Jacoby. And Jacoby said, I feel like going small is a bit like the wildcat. And I go, I wouldn't do that. I go, I think it's more like the spread. Variations of the spread are going to be in, Sunday games for forever because it, it just spaces people out. It makes sense. There's a million different variations. You know, when the spread first started happening in college football and it was still kind of a new thing or a cool thing. And I'm not talking about like Rich Rodriguez running it before other people were uh, in the family tree of coaches doing that stuff. But let's say 10 years ago and everyone's like, spread. Okay, what's going on here? And, and McShay made this great analogy. He goes, the spread offense is a lot like pasta. It's, it's a thing, but there's a million different versions of it. So if you looked at spaghetti, you'd say, hey, that looks different than penne or whatever. Um, I don't think basketball going small in the NBA is is wildcat. I, I think it's it's here to stay in a sense, but I would like to think that we can find some bigs eventually with the evolving human being that's a more mobile big guy. You know, my whole Durant, Dirk was that guy, Antetokounmpo, and Porzingis, Embiid, that, that's what you see. That's what you hope to see in an Aiton and a Mo Bamba. Aiton and, and Bamba are going to put it on the floor like those guys are, uh, but you just you hope they can stay on really more defensively than offensively. So I, I haven't given up on that. It sounds like you've given up on that there'll be seven-footers that you can keep on the floor. Yeah, I, I look at who is Aiton in the league right now. Who is he? Like, is um, that does he exist? Who is Bamba in the league? It's Gobert. All right, I like Gobert. Yeah, but, but even Gobert got killed a little bit. He, you know, he, like there people, are times when he can't play. Uh, he can't play. Yeah, like, he, people he if they, they really want to get on Gobert, like the defensive numbers over the course of a game and a season, they're astounding. Like I thought something was wrong. I remember Zach Lowe was he emailed me. He goes, "What are you doing for your your awards?" And uh, we made this joke before about not having a vote. Um, but you know, we were going over the defensive stuff, and I go, you know, even though Gobert, uh, Gobert didn't play a full season, I go, God, they're staggering the point differential on the floor, off the floor, with what Utah's done. Like they were so ridiculous that I thought something was wrong. But then you see him in some playoff games, and you go, are they going to have to get him out of there? So. I'm not. I'm not in a disagreement of like your concerns aren't valid. They're totally valid. You you very well may be right. I've just I hold out hope that we're not just writing off all big guys now forever. That that seems extreme. I I it's for me it's more of t- how high you take them, right? Like if if you you know obviously we saw Clint Capella had a lot of value. You know there are bigs in the league that have a lot of value. Gobert obviously in 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 certain instances, but 
when I'm drafting at the top of the lottery, I'm looking for star potential and a guy that's going to be like a franchise player. And I want that guy to always have a, a role on the court at all times. Like that should be first and foremost. Yeah, you play in any guy, situation. Yeah, if you take the guy one. It'd be nice to play him. Yeah, right? yeah, you know. And I, you know, I, I know a lot of people were worried about Doncic's, you know, whether or not he was a good enough athlete or like whether his. I know his floor was really um, was high, but how high was his ceiling too? I just look at that. That guy has more upside to me because he he fits this league perfectly. And whether or not you think that you know he's going to be a star or not, you at least know he could probably play in the league today. Yeah, you would think that if you're this productive, I mean, his production and the accolades to win MVP of one of the tournaments over there, and to do this at what 19. Although I don't think he's six eight. I don't think he is. Silver's tall. But he didn't look six eight next to Silver. I don't know if did you pay any attention to that? I didn't really notice. No. I've seen him listed at six six, but then you know it's kind of my LeBron thing. Like if you're doing the LeBron MJ debate and you take LeBron, you round you make him two seventy five and like six nine. Yeah, six, right. Yeah. You're like man, he's like six eight six nine two seventy. Like that's what everybody does now. Why is everybody so ridiculous when they're making arguments? You start to do these things that you go. I don't even like. I think LeBron's two fifty. He's he's slimmer now than he's been at peak. I think Miami. Where remember when he had that one year with Cleveland and he he looked a little off. His back was messed up and he took some time off. Like I think he's a lot like Duncan, where he just I need to slim down as I get older to stay more mobile. I think that's a really smart thing to do for bigger guys in the NBA, and it really it saved Duncan's career slimming down. But I'll hear guys go, "Oh, LeBron, you know, you know, no, we've never seen anybody do this before." Uh, yes, he's the most versatile player ever. Yes. You know, he had worse teams than Jordan. Yes, although I actually think the very pro-MJ debate is, and I didn't mean to be doing this right now, I don't know that Jordan's teams were nearly as great collectively as rosters. They, they weren't. Talent-wise, they're not what the Lakers, Shaq, and Kobe was. You could argue that some of those Celtics teams with three guys were better, but then it's just Jordan and then it's Pippen. Um but then, you know, oh, you know, LeBron did this, LeBron did that, and he's 6'9", 275. You go, wait a minute. What are you doing? Two seventy five is huge. Do you think he's was ever two seventy five at any point? I'm trying. I'm like, Maybe close to two, you know, high two sixties or something. Two seventy is enormous. I don't think he's two seventy. I don't. I don't. I. I would bet money that he's not. And I just I'll hear guys make the pro LeBron arguments, and you just go and these just start adding stuff. He pays his taxes. He's terrific at mailing stuff. A lot of guys aren't. He says he's going to mail you a shirt. He mails you a shirt. <laughs> you know, when, he, when when it's an elevator, he always waits for you to get off first, and then he goes on. That like living in hotels as long as I have now. My God, it's so annoying. Like you're in the elevator, and the, and somebody's waiting at the ground, and they get on before they let you off. I've said I've said to people, "Go, hey, first time in an elevator." Yeah, that's oh, pretty. Uh, that's pretty some, rude. Yeah, have fun. It's going to be fun for you. Like, figure it out. <laughs> yeah, figure out how stupid it is what you're doing. And, you know, I will admit, like, that is one of those things that when you do it, you're like, oh, I just, you know, I did it today, this morning, coming into Bristol, but it was a little different because I was on the fifth floor of a hotel, and there's only six floors, and people were on it. So I go, well, and they were like, oh, you're going six, and you're getting off at five? That's weird. Um, But, yeah, not in hotels much longer, boys and girls. What's up? Huge female presence on this podcast, <laughs> but it's like it's like the driving thing. Like think about some of the things that you do as a mistake as a driver, and you go, okay, yep, you know, that's on me. I totally made that mistake. I understood why I did it. I am wrong. You are right to be aggravated. But then when somebody does it to you, you're like, oh my god, learn to drive. 
Like, how do you have your license? Yeah. Like, I had a guy in Boston years ago. I was a little late on pulling out of something and I because I looked at my phone. And the guy behind me told me he, like, turned left to my left and then took the left. Like, cut me in line and screamed, get off your phone! And I seriously wanted to get out of the car. Like, this was a peak, late 20s me, Boston, let you know, and... I wanted instead of fighting, just be like, so you've never looked at your phone. Never looked at your phone. Ever. Never looked at your phone in the car. Because if you haven't, I'll take your criticism. But chances are you've looked too. All right. I had a near road rage experience a couple months ago, actually, because there was this guy. I was in the left lane on the highway coming to work. And there were a couple cars in front of me in the left lane, like going relatively slow, probably slower than they should have. And there was this guy that pulled up right on my bumper, right on my bumper. As if it was you. As if it was my fault. And then... And then as soon as like the stuff, I'm trying to go right to to pass these people. And obviously he's further behind so he can pass first. Yeah. And he like gives me, you know, the finger and is like acting like I'm the one that's in the way. And I'm like, dude, I'm with you. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get around these people. So I like chased him down. I like sped up and I was like, dude, get, we were like legitimately on 84, which is the play, you know, the heart, the play to get to ESPN, just back and forth exchanging insults the entire way. And he had his girl with him too. And they're just like kind of laughing, but I was like legitimately ready to throw hands. And you know me, I'm not really a fighter. No, that's not in your scouting report, but you know, you get mad enough, that road rage thing is real. You know, there was, I saw a video the other day on Instagram and these two guys started yelling at each other and they were mad at each other. And then somebody yelled from a bridge across, I think it was a Canadian cop. So people have probably seen it. The kids are out there. Check it out. And the cop screams, grow up. And you're like, yeah, but what, what do you mean grow up? Okay. Yes. This seems really immature, but have you ever had an incident on the road where you've been upset and you're going to tell me to grow up? Like, unless you're totally free of any instance of rage i don't want to hear you telling me to grow up because chances are you've had a moment too my worst one was here in connecticut we told that story on the air it was a couple years ago where there's this weird stupid two-lane thing off an exit to go into west hartford center so it's the exit i take after work to go to the gym and for no reason at all they have this two thing where it shouldn't be two and it merges into one and these people pull this move where they pull up on your right like everybody stays in the left lane like is trying to be a part of society okay um, I like to think that I'm a part of society. Like, you know, we're all, we're all trying to do, you know, most things here. That was always my canal thing. I go, if everybody, Canel's like, I'm the best driver. I go, if everybody drove like you, we'd all be dead. Yeah, like, you that's can't, true. you can't drive. <laughs> if you're like, Oh, nobody knows how to drive. I'm an awesome driver. And you're like, no, no, no. There's a concept here. We're all kind of like accepting a level of, of just decency. Little you, patience. Yeah, you can't just pass everybody on the right as fast as you want all the time and zig and zag and then act like everybody's, you know, a burden to you. And so this this kid, and I think it was because I was in the Lexus and not an SUV, so he he was feeling really confident. And he pulled up and he did this thing where he cut behind me and then passed. So he made it one car length and almost to the point where I had to slam on my brakes and pull into oncoming traffic. Because he pulled the move so fast, and then there was a car turning into the next driveway to go left, and he came up and had to slam his brakes on them. So not only did he cut me to be like, "Yep, moved up a spot," there was no, there's, there, there was no benefit to it whatsoever, and then he almost caused an accident, and the birds were out. I just, I just let him have, I let him out, I, I just dangled him off the front of the the steering wheel, and then we got side by side, and he's like, "What's your problem?" And I, I started calm, and I went, "Like, what, what was that move?" I'm like, are you serious? He's like, what? It's two lanes. I'm like, it is, but it's not a free you know, for it's, all. It's, it's also kind of like, you know, I was like, that's a bleep move, man. 
He's like, oh, yeah. And it was just back and forth, back and forth. And so now we're like side by side as we're getting to the light. And then it turned into, he's like, pull over your car. And I, I don't remember the story, so I don't want to get it wrong the second time I tell it because I don't remember every detail. But it turned into a, hey, like, all right, let's go. I actually would love to know a story of someone who threw hands on the side of the road. Like two guys just got mad, pulled both pulled over and just fought over I, a road rage. All right. Incident. So everybody in their town has like their town tough guy. And we had our guy in the vineyard and he was a maniac. I mean, you saw his eyes and you go, I want nothing to do with this guy. He used to beat up summer dudes and he wasn't that big. He was probably like 180, but he studied all sorts of stuff before MMA was even cool. He had like a dojo that he used to invite dudes over to. I mean, he was, he was that guy. And. He got in a road rage incident, and one of my friends was in the car with him, and they got into it. It was on the vineyard, and, you know, it was a, a dude, a decent-sized guy, you know, and if you saw my tough guy friend, you wouldn't think, unless you really looked at his eyes, and you go, I don't want to sign up for this. <laughs> and he, uh, <laughs> the guy's like, pull over, pull over. And my, you know, the toughest guys don't ever say anything. They go, they've already decided they're fighting. It's they not, don't, they yep. don't think about it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm not that guy i'm not that tough guy that goes okay cool i get to fight right now this is going to be awesome you know like the mouthiest dudes usually don't want to fight so he doesn't say anything it's not like i'm going to sit here or argue with you in the car the whole time like you you said pull over i'm now going to fight you okay cool thanks so he pulls over behind him and the guy's like going to turn to get out of his car to fight my friend or at least just yell and my friend's not even talking and he notices that the back passenger side windows open and so's the front window and he was like in a little car and he just reached through the back threw him in a chokehold and then like pulled his head into the divider of the two doors and just started choking him oh man and the guy was helpless because my buddy's just nasty and he, he didn't he had no idea what he signed up for and they're like I don't want to say his name, but my friend's like, dude, on the way over here, it was so bad. He's like, he almost killed a dude like, on the side of the road. <laughs> yeah, imagine being the guy in shotgun and be like, oh, geez, all right. Right, because he was the kind of guy that, like, everybody would get mouthy with, and then he would just knock out one dude, and then, then everybody else down. would go, ooh. And then, you know, the guy that got hit would go, where where were you guys? Like, dude, did you see what he did to you? He fought a guy once where a guy, he they were face-to-face, they are going to fight, and he did this, like, Front, what do they call those things? Baby Bjorns, where the kid is facing out? Yeah. He did one where he like just implanted himself into the body of the bigger guy. He just jumped on top of his body, like facing him, and put his arm back through, you know, hit the back of his neck. And then he, so he had his shoulder into the guy's chin. And he was choking him out. And the guy was like, he had this body attached to him. And he was flailing around. He was trying to hit him. And he couldn't get any leverage because he was hitting like back at his own face. And my friend just like attached himself alien style and then flung his body around and landed on the guy. And the guy like hit his head on. I mean, this dude was scary, dude. What's he doing now? Um, he's just hanging out. Is he an all right? Is he like, yeah, is he like a stable guy? Office job? (laughs) No, (laughs) he's not, he's not working on Excel. All right. So we'll put it that way. Okay, Okay. So that was, uh, that was a bit of a tangent, but that's all right. We like to do that here on the podcast. So, yeah, we got so yeah, Mo Bamba, Mo Bamba, Mo Bamba, Mo Bamba. The Mo Bamba number five jokes. I don't know. I think Katie Nolan. I'll give her credit. I think she's the first person I saw with it, and I hated that Nolan tweeted it because then it was stuck in my head. So my two days. But then now other guys are doing it. Like I can tell when you're just a clown. 
Like if you have 200,000 tweets and you got the blue check and then you're just firing joke after joke. Like if you did the Mobamba number five joke 24 hours later, you're just, you're just thirsty for Yeah, I know who you are as a person. Yeah, yeah, I know who you are. We would never Don't need to out. meet you. I just, yeah. I know who you are. Never would have been friends. If I, if I knew you at work, I'd, I'd be cordial, but <laughs> yeah. you probably wouldn't come on my show. <laughs> um, other stuff at the top of the draft. Look, it wasn't really surprising. I think we also need to stop doing that just because uncertainty through the insiders and, you know, I'm not Woj and not all those guys, but what I tweeted out in the morning was pretty much what happened. Like I'd heard 24 hours before the Atlanta trade. I didn't know if it was going to be Orlando. Uh, Dallas was rumored that they were going to move back, that Atlanta wanted Trey Young. I don't know if Atlanta would have taken him if they didn't find a trade partner. I really believe they may have taken Trey, uh, Trey Young third. Um, and that's the thing for Trey is that. It's the small guard rule. Forget about big guy rule. I'm still not sure where we are with that, but I don't like small guards. Now you really have to worry about who that two guard is with him and who the three is. You're going to have to try to find a way to make those guys really good switchable defensive players. Uh, Trey's thing is as dynamic as his scoring was, and he lit it up, man. Shot selection, he has to completely revamp all that stuff. His passing could probably, at the worst version of Trey Young, his passing is probably good enough to keep him around for a little while. I had heard that the president of the Atlanta Hawks is a super marketing guy too. So that always scares me a little bit. If you have to worry about, hey, we're flat as a franchise and we need some buzz. We need to do something for some buzz. Well, buzz doesn't last forever if you're still losing games. And now if Trey isn't terrific and Doncic is, so it's one thing if Trey just doesn't work out. It's even worse for the front office if he doesn't work out and you moved out of Doncic and Doncic ends up being really good. That's that's like the scary part of the Trey thing. Doncic is probably more pumped than anybody. Like I get to go to Dallas. Like, good hey, owner. there's no state taxes either in Texas. I don't yeah, know if you've heard. Great that. point by you. Hadn't heard that. Uh, <laughs> but like everyone's rumors saying, hey, Dallas is the best spot for him. Like you know, international flair. This, this, and that. I mean, he probably doesn't want to go to Atlanta. It's a disaster. No, I wouldn't want to go to Atlanta. I mean, I like Travis, who came over from Golden State, who's their GM. I mean, I don't think a ton of people know him, but. Uh, you know, then there was that weird thing like, oh, look what he did. He drafted like when you looked at all the Hawks picks and people were going, I saw a couple guys like media guys go up oh, and he's trying to build Golden State. Look at well, look at the players he drafted and you go, yeah, that's probably, I mean, is that what he's doing? What's the dude from Maryland? Herder? Herder, yeah. Herder was, Herder was really good in the combine and then he shut that he shut that down early. He had promises it felt like all over the place. Well, I remember I was reading before the draft and I think I mentioned it to you. I was reading an article about how they wanted to build Golden State 2.0, you know, and he, and, and Herder was Clay Thompson. You're like, guys. Okay. But here's the thing. Like, who doesn't want to build Golden yeah. State 2.0? Which GMs are going, okay. Um, the magic. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> I want to be Charlotte 2.1. How about Dwight, by the way? Gets traded to the Nets. We're like, man, this again. Oh, now he's bought out. He's going to end up in Golden State and he's going to win a ring next year. No, I wouldn't. I said on the Twitter show, if, if Dwight promised to pay me every two weeks, I still wouldn't take him. Dwight was, he embarrassed himself again. When he did that whole media thing, he was on the jump, and he went on Sports Nation, all that stuff. Like, the reason Dwight is, Dwight is, there's no accountability whatsoever. No team likes you. Locker rooms can't stand you. You're not a mean, vicious person, but you check out, you're still immature. I mean, all the stuff's the same. Even like Ryan Hollins was telling some of us, like, you know, he's like, I'm not here to knock him, but it's just always a sense of like guys that play with him go, oh, okay, so Dwight's mad he's not getting more touches. Okay, so now he's going to check out here a little bit. And some of the raw numbers are terrific. Like Dwight Howard's going to make the Hall of Fame. I would not vote for him, but the overall numbers are going to be so staggering. 
that he'll get in. And, and to me, like I would think of a Hall of Fame guy not being somebody everybody wants to get rid of four straight years. Like that would be, there should be some sort of thing where it's like, if you put up these numbers, play this long, this many all-star games, but you're disqualified from Hall of Fame consideration if you play on five teams in five years. Or there should be a peer poll. It'd be like if you're, if you're rate, you know, your, your peer rating is lower than whatever, and his is probably the lowest in the league. Yeah, except if the players did a peer poll and they voted on something with the players and the way they voted in the all-star stuff, the, like, Baysmore would make the Hall of Fame because dudes just like him. <laughs> great dude. Yeah. yeah, great dude. Hall of Fame personality. Going to parties, you know, goes home at the right time. Uh, so there, there really weren't that many surprises that there just weren't, um, you know, the Philadelphia thing, like I had, you know, I'd heard, okay, it's, it's Carter. If it's not Michael Porter jr. To Chicago, cause that stuff was being put out there. There were teams that had talked to Porter's agents who were based out of Chicago that said it felt like, you know, they were very comfortable with where Porter was going to go. So like, you can tell from other teams, like, Hey, what are you hearing from agents and that kind of stuff? And, and a couple different things that you heard. Before the draft, Robert Williams is a perfect example. AM kid, he is so talented. Should have been a top 10 pick. Is he a one big red flag thing? No, it's just a bunch of little red flags. He doesn't have it together. He's not mature. He was at these camps, and he was supposed to play in front of guys, and then he just decided not to play. He said he had an injury. Apparently, he didn't have it. Uh, so there's real maturity stuff there. Everybody knew about it, and I had heard that his – his agent was kind of like the night before calling around going, Hey, what do you think about my guy? My guy. And like those teams were telling me, like, it sounds like they're really nervous that he could be in for a slide. And he did. And he goes to the Celtics 27, but talent wise, I love the pick. I don't care. Cause I, I just cannot emphasize this enough. As much as you're excited right now, NBA fan about your team's pick, the one first rounder in the twenties, the odds are historically, he's not going to do anything. So if you want to take a top 10 talent at 27 and it's Stevens, who I think can do anything, go ahead and do it. But then you saw out of Boston that Williams first conference call from media availability, he missed the next day. And then they said, Oh, he overslept. It's not a big deal. Draft night. Oh, yeah. Okay. But the problem is, is like when you kind of get put into that category, these little things you go, okay, is this going to be something we're dealing with? And you know what? We don't want to deal with it. You're not a max guy where we're dealing with stuff. Um, you're the 27th pick out of A&M. Whereas Porter's team from teams I talked to, they, they felt they were confident. They're like, ah, oh, you know, it'll work out. And like Sacramento had interest. You heard Memphis had interest. You heard Dallas had interest. You heard Chicago had some interest. And then you start going, okay, well, if this is the number one player in his high school class, depending on which ranking you go by, Bagley and the other ones, and he's 6'11", you can handle, you can shoot threes. I wouldn't look at any of the Missouri video because it's terrible. In the two games he came back, he just kept chucking up a million shots, and it doesn't matter. I mean, that that video, to me, is not a part of the evaluation at all. It's all of his high school stuff, and he was terrific. So I felt like... You know, you're sitting there 10, 11, whatever, 12, 14. You go, hey, it, it, you know, if we get a rotation guy, that's a win historically at this spot. So why don't we go for somebody that projected to be a superstar? But as I had said after the draft, I didn't say it before, before teams had failed them, and I talked to a team in the 20s, was I was explaining, well, hey, eventually you just take a Michael Porter Jr. And the team in the 20s said, nope, we're not. They had him off their board. Off the board. Wow. Do not draft. Doctors are like, nope. Can't do it. So I'm happy for him that he went 14, but there's there's some thoughts that he's going to have to revisit this back surgery and that he could sit out an entire year. But some people thought, based on the conversations they were having, uh, that the, the 14's a, a bad night for Porter. It's not the disaster that it could have been. But considering he's connected to so many teams in the top 10, he was a really weird storyline. But overall, like I said, other than the Bridges-Phoenix thing, that's quite the package by Phoenix to give up that unprotected Miami first in 2021, that's a lot. To move up 16 to 10 
if you were moving up 10 to 4, okay. And then again, the basketball draft is that thing where, you know, the third pick this year can be completely different than the third pick in two years, depending on the class. And that's the Simmons Ingram class. Even though Jalen Brown's turned out to be really good here, and who knows what he's going to end up being. Although I don't love the look at Kawhi's beginning of his career. Look at the beginning of Kawhi's career. Now look at Jalen's and their pace for pace. You know what else you can do that with? You can do it with any quarterback that threw a million picks his rookie year. Because then you go, look at Peyton Manning's picks. Be like, okay, yes, Peyton Manning threw a lot of picks as a rookie. And so did your quarterback. So you think because the stat line is similar that your guy's going to become Peyton Manning? So when I see the Jalen stuff with Kawhi, you go, Jalen's been really good. And I was wrong. He's been he's been better than I thought he would be. He's terrific. Uh, even the Celtics are surprised he's this good. But is he going to be Kawhi? I mean, come on. Um but whenever you're doing these trades, it's it's hard to do you know, equal math on it. That's why I've always thought the football draft value chart is so stupid. Because certain years you'll have grades, first-round grades on 20 players, and then other years you'll hear, oh, there were 40 players we graded as a first-rounder. So why would you go, okay, pick 26 is worth 410 points. So if I need to move up to pick 17, I need to add 620 points to my thing. And you're like, well, what are you guys? I can't tell if that's just a way where they all cover their own butts, where they just use the draft chart value deal. And, you know, Jimmy Johnson apparently started it. And I'm sure all sorts of teams have more complicated ones, but it can't, it's not a year for year thing to move up from 25 to 15 in the NFL draft. It's not the same in 2017 as it is in 2008. It just isn't. And it's the same thing with the NBA, but you don't ever hear about some value chart. You just have to look at like, okay, do we value giving up a first? Three years from now to get Bridges, do you have Bridges fifth on your overall board if you're Phoenix? Well, if you do, then you're okay with it. In the landscape of the NBA, that's a really big price to go 16 to 10. It's, you know, eight to two would probably be, you might need more and it would depend on who the players are there. But you could also be looking at a front office that hasn't had a great run here. And, you know, that's the part about survival where, you know, some GMs are always about the greater good of the franchise, and I don't know that I blame a GM for going, I might get fired here soon, so why don't I go ahead and trade a pick that I might not even be around here for? I mean, it's not great for the fans, not great for owners. Owners have to sign off on that stuff, but that was considered a pretty pretty hefty price to pay. I was stunned by that. Yeah. When you told me that, I couldn't, I mean, I couldn't believe it. I was, I was hesitant on... Like I still think the Mavs moving up, everyone thinks it's a win, but you know, you give up that first round pick next year, they're going to be bad probably again. I wouldn't have done it if I was the Magic. I I, I just get if you're a bad team or you're weird, and it just, I don't like giving up another first round pick, especially unprotected. Hey, can you double up, uh, double check the protection though? What was the protection on the Dallas pick? Hold on, will you look that up for me? I should have had that written down. Just so everybody knows, I had a ridiculous. I I got in from L.A. I don't know. I landed about midnight. The airport in Bradley to Bristol here is about 45 minutes. Rental car. Get to the hotel. Making some calls on the way down. I get to Bristol, I don't know, after 1 a.m. Fall asleep probably at 3 because I'm still on West Coast time. Wake up 8 or so. Start doing some calls. A couple errands. I had to go to the mall. I went to the mall to buy a blazer because I packed like a total dummy for this trip this is this is one of the i'm so bad at packing and i'm getting worse i think because i'm so sick of living out of a suitcase i just looked at a suitcase that had stuff in it and i went eh, i'll take this one and i didn't pack any shorts to work out in which was stupid and then i didn't pack a blazer and then that was van pelton those guys told me hey we're going to use you we want to have you on so i didn't want to go v-neck or tank because i didn't think that was going to go over well uh in building four so i went up to the mall 
grabbed myself a blazer and thought about leaving the tags on, wear it on TV for 10 minutes and then return it. But they have that tag on the sleeve and I go, I can't have to take that off because if I leave that on, that'll probably not go over well. We're going to have some Kobe will have like a detailed spotlight on. See his right sleeve and the Banana Republic tag. So then I found a jacket. So I did the four-hour Twitter. I did Will's show. I did the four-hour Twitter show. We did 1.3 million views on that. So that's awesome. And then I did Van Pelt's show where, God, it's so much fun. I don't I didn't ever, I didn't don't think I remember being that good with him when we did the radio show. And now when we're back together, guys are like, oh, my gosh, I miss it so much. Like, yeah, we had some bad shows, though. I thought it was funny that people love the uh, two dudes talking because you guys are like, this might have sucked. And everybody was like, now nah, is my favorite episode. I can't believe. Like, we text each other going, it's real. And we mean this, like with all sincerity, because I think we're both the same that way, that you have moments where you go, I can't, it's so cool to have that many people like something that you do. And we weren't even really trying to do anything other than just let's see how mundane we can make this and still see if it can be entertaining. Um, but it was, it was cool. But then get up was like, can you do it? And I, I've wanted to do it. I like all those guys. I love Bill Wolf, their producer. And so I took a car service down after Van Pelt's deal. Thank you so much for the car service, by the way. And got to Manhattan at like three thirty. Slept from four to seven. <laughs> Did get up at nine. Got back in the car. Didn't have any cash, even though the tip is written in. I like to give you know a twenty, so you don't seem like a deadbeat to the driver. Yeah, you want to be that guy on Twitter when the guy's like, "Hey, Rasil didn't tip me. This is ridiculous." Right. So my oh, man Rasil is cheap. Right. My man Tito. He and I listened to Levitard the whole ride up, and it was Dominic Foxworth and Adnan. And then Bredos called in, and Tito, the driver, losing his mind when Brett, he goes, "You know these guys?" I go, "Yeah, they're you know good dudes." And then Sean Connery calls in, and then starts talking to Michael Caine. It's probably the worst radio I've heard all week, but I loved it. And they were just going back and forth, and, and Tito's ready to go off the road. And so that we pulled into ESPN. This is all yesterday, right? So this has been my last. I don't know, 40 Just the Adnan thing? I heard Adnan, too, when I was I got a haircut yesterday. I was like, Adnan just called in. Is he all of a sudden just on the show now? No, no, he hosted it. Didn't he co-host it? Because Dominique started the show. Yeah. Um, And then I think Adnan, was he down there? But then he was at the Red Sox game last night with Yusuf. How about that Red Sox? I almost went to that Red Sox game last night. I wish I had. It was sick. But I was tired. I was a tired dude. So didn't have any money, didn't have any cash cash, which I hate doing because, you know, just being an adult, I have a couple 20s on you. And I go, Tito, I don't have to tell you, man, I feel like a bad dude here. And then he kind of looked around. He had like the bright eyes as we were pulling towards the sports center building. And I go, why don't you double park that thing? And I brought him around and gave him a little private tour. He was hyperventilating. You got a picture with Jeff Saturday. I told him that Jeff Saturday was Aaron Rodgers' best friend. And then uh, we took some pictures. We jumped the tour. He got a picture. I took a picture of him behind the sports center desk. So I got off giving him a 20 because I gave him a quick little 15-minute tour of ESPN. And that's honestly better. You probably would have rather he was, had that. Tito was pumped. Pumped. Looks like Adnan may have co-hosted, but he, there's no way he was down there. Could he have done it like He was probably done it from here? here in the studio that we're in right now. They did a good job then. If they were a separate location, because I'll hear some shows, I go, you can just tell like they're they're not. It's so hard to do a show separate location. I hated it. So if he did that, that was actually, that was impressive because the show, especially with all the other dudes, Mike Ryan and all those guys down there. Um, but Tito was, Tito was losing his mind. He's a huge fan, huge fan of that show. 
Also, uh, more housekeeping. So this is from Mark Stein. Dallas will send future first-round pick with various protections over the next five seasons. So okay. not very specific. Yeah, but so that's not just the straight, you know what I mean? Like there's there's a little bit something to that, whereas the Phoenix one, a little different. Um, let's see. Getting some text here. I'm going to do a radio hit at 2.30 Eastern by the time this podcast is out. So what else do we need to do here? We need to uh, – we did the Trey Young thing, talk Doncic. How bummed is Bagley he's going to Sacramento? He seemed to be the only premier guy that wanted to go there. So – and good Sacramento credit when no one ever does. They just sort of did the thing that you go, just take this guy. Just take this guy. Because if Doncic doesn't want to be there, there was even – you know, I don't know if he really would have sat out a year. But, um, you know, that's the other thing is a lot of these guys aren't sitting anymore. They're just They're just coming. Later picks, fine. I do like the Dallas because they took Giannis's brother. I'm like, mm, yep, future, future. No state. There's no state tax in Texas too. <laughs> Can we get an accountant that listens to this podcast? Can you tweet it either, Saruti or I? And I've I've researched it a bit. I think it's incredibly overstated what the savings is on the no state income tax because they'll get you in other ways. So everybody just wants to go like, oh, you save, you know, your ten percent or whatever you're at in. In California, I think it's 13% if you make over a million bucks. And then, you know, that's a lot. That's a lot. A lot of cash. But it doesn't seem like people don't want to live there that are super famous and make a ton of money. Um, Okay. What else? What else? I thought we had a I don't have any new free agent stuff. Free agent stuff's been a little slow. I don't want to do the whole LeBron thing all over again. I've, I've told you everything I can tell you. Nothing necessarily is new. His opt-out thing, you know, he's probably, the weird thing is if he doesn't opt-out, then that means we're probably going to find out sooner his plan. Whereas if he does opt-out, this could drag into the first week of July. You know what I mean by that? Because if he's opting in, does it mean he's telling them, I'm going to force him a trade? And if that happens, then we're all going to find out this stuff. But I don't know if you agree with me on this, Rudy. But there's a path here with this Lakers thing. And I, I don't mean it like, hey, if I had a better, they're going to get one good guy. I would say, yeah, I'd, I'd imagine they get one. But again, LeBron's not going there by himself. Paul George goes there first. LeBron's more likely to show up. If Kawhi goes there, it doesn't guarantee LeBron. Just to recap everything I've said before, um, it doesn't rule it out necessarily. And I'm not doing this to cover my bases, but it's just not. Like, I think you need to talk all of this stuff out. And... If no one else goes to L.A., LeBron's not going by himself. If George re-signs in Oklahoma City, which is a possibility, depending on who you talk to and depending on the day, on the Paul George info that you're getting, but it has been kind of quiet. Like These guys are doing a pretty good job with this. And then Ramona had the report that when the Lakers called the Spurs, they hung up about Kawhi, and you're still waiting, as we've said back and forth, Rudy, like if they can still play that Supermax card with Kawhi, there is, as much as we've already just, try to figure out which Lakers jerseys are going to go on these dudes, there's a version of this where they end up with nobody, right? I mean, that's not ridiculous to propose. Like, there's a chance there's a whiff here, right? I have three things. One, didn't Magic basically said, hey, like, we we might not get anybody this summer. Like, let's wait. You know, we're pushing all our eggs to 2019. I actually think that's smart. Yeah, no, but wait a minute. That's not recent. That was before. That was a few months ago. Yeah, that was a while ago. But, like, and now it seems like the tide is... strategy. Yeah. My second point would be, I would think if Paul George went to L.A., he would talk to LeBron about that, right? 
Like, he wouldn't, 100%. He, he wouldn't just be like, all right, I guess I'm going to be a Laker. Hopefully LeBron shows up, right? They would, they no, would, they would probably, no, 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 that'd be no. a tag team effort there. If you think all of these guys haven't talked to each other on the phone, they've, they, they have. If you, yeah, so you know if Paul George resigns in OKC, then they probably talked and it wasn't going to work out. Right. And the part of LeBron staying that I can't, I can't lock down is, is going to take more than Colin Sexton. And that's where I think you you open mm. up the Philadelphia thing. And I always pay attention to the Vegas deal because the first time I ever heard about Kawhi being disgruntled going back months ago was off a Vegas thing. Like the Vegas guys were, and I don't mean media guys. I'm talking about guys that like are big. I'm not plugged into that. I'm not pretending to be. I know it would sound really cool and be like, oh, all my whales out there, my, my line movers. No, that's not, I'm not in that world at all. But I still will hear information from things, and Vegas guys are on it really early about, hey, this Kawhi thing's kind of weird. And then I had sent a note to somebody else being like, hey, is anything weird going on with Kawhi? And I got crickets. I got nothing back, which made me think, okay, I have something. And then the Woj Zach Lowe piece came out like that week, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, but here's the thing: you said like if they still have, if they still have that that chip to play the you know the max contract. Why wouldn't they have offered it by now? I don't. I don't know. I mean, unless they think he's hurt, but they're the ones telling. I mean, that goes back to the thing we were doing months ago when we first started talking about this, that if it's a trade market thing, the Spurs were almost better off arguing that he was legitimately hurt as opposed to incredibly disgruntled. But, you know, I don't want to do the whole Kawhi strategy thing over again because I'm just literally going to be repeating what we did on Tuesday. Uh, but whenever I present that, you know, Lakers going over here, oh, you know, you're just, it's not a hater. Right? Like you, If you're in a front office, you have to play out all of these scenarios. And if you're doing that, if they go over, it'll be great because they'll say, we just really like our young core. Like, no, no, no one wanted to come here. <laughs> like, what are, you, what are you talking about? And then if George says, screw it, I'm going to do this. I would wonder if George, because the only thing I'm hearing now is that he might do the shorter deal. But I also think the LeBron thing is interesting because if he, if he opts in for that year, but the way that works is he can do an extension relatively soon. But Paul never did the extension. Um, but LeBron's going to start figuring out, okay, what do I like? What do I want to lock in? A, you know, a fifth year from now. You know, I want to be able to to make sure I'm making an absurd number, and I can't even fathom what LeBron at 38 is going to be. You know, you ever play that game? You just sit at home by yourself. Like, you home. think it's going to be bad, or you think? No, it, I don't think it'll be yeah, bad, but I, it's going to be different. It is. It has to be, right? I mean, you would think so, unless <laughs> yeah. it's like a Brady situation. Yeah, but even Brady. You know, in that system, the way he protects his body within the game, you know, that's the reason why he's holding up. Well, you could say LeBron's protecting his body by not playing defense in the regular season, right? Yeah, LeBron's strategy's in a way brilliant. It sucks to play with him defensively, but you go, okay, so everybody's freaking out talking about it being my best season ever, and I didn't play defense all year. All right, we'll do this again. Sign me up. <laughs> you know, like, is he human? Well, no, this is insane that his efficiency's this, but he also... You know, he's not playing defense, and then the whole thing of like when it gets to playoff time, and lock in. Like, nope. Like, do you want to take Thaddeus Young? Yeah, okay. I'll defend him. Uh so yeah, I don't really have. I think the Kemba thing is worth paying attention to. But I actually, I actually thought it was interesting going back to the draft though when they drafted Shea Gilgis Alexander, who I actually like. My um, father. I just got off the phone. With my father. Huge Shea Gilgis Alexander. I, I loves him. Better shooter than I thought. I, I so I'm saying I'm thinking, oh Charlotte, perfect fit because they're trying to get rid of Kemba anyway, right? And then they go ahead and trade him. 
Yeah, that was I'd heard and we tweeted it out that morning. It Charlotte was his floor. That Charlotte wanted him. He's going to go to eleven, but. You know, I'm wondering now if some of the information that everybody seemed to have, Mikael Bridges going 10, and Philadelphia was just fine telling everybody who they're going to take because they were going to do a Phoenix trade. You know, that's what I would love to do. We need to do a GM interview. I don't know if you'll get one from a current GM, but it wouldn't be, hey, tell me the inner workings of these details. But I imagine you call all 29 teams, right? You call all 29 teams and go, we want to move up. We want to move down. And that's just the information leak thing that's so dumb about it. Like when you're a reporter for the NFL, and you do it with the NBA because it happened too, but it happens a lot, I think, more in the NFL, is the breaking news Browns would be willing to look into moving down or up. <laughs> and you're like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much covers it. You know, the Wizards would like to possibly sign some players. No, no, the Wizards looking to be free agent players this offseason. Wizards will have interest in Kevin Durant. It's almost like the woe stuff like that he was doing on Twitter with the with the picks. Oh, that the uh The Celtics wouldn't pass on. (laughs) What did he he had one lasering in on? Yeah. So what was the deal? See, I didn't get to see any of it playing out because I was hosting the Twitter show, so I wasn't looking at tweets the whole time because I have to kind of play traffic cop with that whole thing too. So I didn't know about the Woj Twitter night until I was in the car later that night going yep. through all of it. So he was told not to tip picks because yep. ESPN and the NBA were like, hey, can you not do this? That Even used to always, everybody else was doing it. Yeah, and that used to always be the Jeff Goodman thing. Like Goodman clearly had somebody in the pipeline that he was connected with. So like one year Goodman just told everybody every pick. And I don't know if anybody had done it the way Goodman had done it. It was just basically two minutes before the pick came out Here it from is. the team through – NBA traffic to leading to the announcement at the podium. Goodman had the guy that was running traffic on it. And people were going like, Goodman's on fire. He's like eight for eight. <laughs> and I go, yeah, this is a little different though. Like this is, this is different than just having a source. He, he just has somebody in the traffic. So then they were saying that, that Shams dude did it who was with Woj Yahoo and like Woj didn't tip the first couple picks and Shams went like, you know, tip the first three, and then it was just all right. I'm he not. was just like, screw it. Well, just like I'm not having it. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Like, you know. oh, I, I totally get it. I'm not. I can understand everybody's thing on this, and that. Um, it's it's a TV show. Then people do the whole journalistic thing. That's a little weird, and and Deitch will do this who was with Sports Illustrated now he's up in Toronto and he's the guy that does the media podcast. And I think whenever, you know, like there's so many people listening, but like not to knock, I'm not knocking Richard Deitch, but like we are far more obsessed with what he's covering because it's our business than I think people that just want to listen to us talk about sports. Um, And that's in itself kind of a fascinating thing. But he would say something like, isn't it, you know, as a journalist, isn't it your obligation to report? And you'd be like, is it? Like, what is Trey Wingo supposed to do? Trey Wingo's supposed to scream the pick out before Roger Goodell because he's in the media? It's like, also like, that we're doesn't not, make any sense. Yeah, we're not like, you know, figuring out Russian secrets either, either. Like, it's, it's just a draft pick. We're going to know in two minutes anyway. It's not changing our, like, it's a yeah, show. Yeah, this isn't embezzling from financial aid at a university. Yeah, like, okay, it, this is, this is finding out, like, is it some journalist's obligation 
to tell you the pick because everybody's sitting out there. Like that to me is I get annoyed by all that like the journalistic stuff, especially with this place because it's like, oh, well, this you know, ESPN has these shows and they're supposed to be a, a journalism establishment. And you're like, no, no, we can't, we do a lot of things here. Like some of it's journalism, some of it's just entertainment. What do you like? It's not all the same. Yeah, right. Like Big Brother and 60 Minutes are on the same. Yeah, channel. exactly. That's that's what I I never get that about the ESPN criticism, and it's not me being a Homer guy and company guy. It just isn't. And I think anybody that's ever listened to me knows I just try to call it how I see it. But the whole, oh, you guys do this. No, you guys are almost always wrong about everything. Oh, you guys do this. You promote this team. You you have these meetings. That's why the SEC stuff always drives me nuts. I've been here. I've been on the air in my 12 years as much as probably any human being walking around here. Okay? I would make it nine. Make it those nine years. I don't think there's anybody that's talked as much as me. Seriously. You know, Golick and Greeny, fine, but I still had the Saturday thing and I was doing a ton of TV. So Golick and Greeny, you could say, but like, all right, put me in the top five. Not one time did anyone ever say, hey, you know, we'd, we'd like it if you said this. Yeah. Just, it just doesn't they happen. Back off the SEC a little it, bit. It just doesn't happen. It doesn't, like, you can, you can choose to believe every conspiracy, but they're almost all wrong. I'm trying to think of something that, like, would be accurate, you know? I think there's a really good political conversation to have about, you know, how that's evolved. And I have that podcast ready to go at some point, but it's not like nobody's going, I don't go over to building four and they go, Hey, you know, uh, lighten up on the, uh, the player anthem thing. You know, we're, you know, like Disney and ESPN get blamed for being liberal all the time. There's nobody over there going, Hey, did you vote against, uh, you vote against pro-life? You know, like it doesn't, it doesn't exist. It doesn't, um, I, that, that's something, you know, depending on what happens with me, I, I just, I'll never, I'll never understand why everybody thinks that we're so devious and we just, we just, it might just be the emotional attachment to yeah. this stuff. Like you're so worked up about your team, your, your sport, your player and all that stuff. I just, you can, you can not believe me. But it doesn't matter. Like even the Fox guys have mentioned, like, oh, because you're, you know, you guys are all NBA now because of our investment. That you you do this or you do that, and you know you're very protective now of the NBA, and now you attack the NFL. And you go, what? Like that's not true. That's just not true. There's been no memo to be like, hey, like make sure we talk a ton of NBA and nothing critical. The only thing they'll ever do is they'll just say, just don't make it personal. Like when I watched the OJ. 30 for 30 thing that was incredible. And it was um, Johnny Cochran's assistant, that Carl, that lawyer who was like really animated. And he was a great television character. And he talked about how like once the jury came over, they put up all the African art and stuff because they wanted to see like OJ, you know, really representing his race. And he said in the documentary, he goes, if we had had a, you know, Spanish Latino, you know, jury, he goes, we would have had a mariachi band. Like that was his quote. Okay, that's what his quote. And like I watched that and I'm unfortunately it's part of the legal system, but I'm disgusted. And yeah, I was I was offended with the the there's there's a lot of parts of that documentary that un, like disappointed me, but it also made me understand the the introduction, right? There's a prologue story of race in Los Angeles that leads to that um not guilty verdict. Okay. And they did a great job of telling a story, but it doesn't also mean that I can't I can understand the the lead up. 
but it doesn't mean that I have to accept what I thought was an absurd verdict and people cheering and feeling like, yeah, OJ got it. Like, this is great. And it bothered me. And I said on the air, I was like, man, that guy sucks. And it got dumped. It got dumped by the producer. And the producer was like, and it doesn't happen. I mean, as you know, as you produce shows, it doesn't happen very often with the producers. You guys aren't, that's the other thing. People think like you're telling Will Kane what to say every single day. It's just, that's not true. But that was, that's an example of, it had nothing to do with it being an OJ, an ESPN property. It had nothing to do with liberal, conservative. It had everything to do with personal attacks. And so if I wanted to do a podcast day where I started up and said, oh, my God, Daryl Morey, like I'll say Daryl because I know him and we all think he's great. Daryl Morey's the stupid, you know, he's, you could say a GM's not great or anything, but like he's stupid, he's late, you know, like when you start doing that kind of personal attack stuff, it has nothing to do with political stuff, it has nothing, it just simply... When you make it personal, that's when you're going to end up in the principal's office. Yeah, we've always said, like, you can say the weather sucks, you can say my computer sucks, but I can't say, hey, Rosillo sucks on the air. Yeah, and I said that. And you and, did. <laughs> yeah, and it got dumped. <laughs> yeah, and it got dumped. So that was kind of an uh, odd tangent. How about this? We get a new sponsor, Bespoke. Here's the deal. They deliver a monthly-themed box of awesome full of goods to upgrade your style, apartment, and life. This sounds like something everybody can use. Like, what do you get, a milk crate for a nightstand? Step it up. Here's the theme. You've got style, grooming, cooking, drinking, travel. Bespoke Post has new boxes every month that you're guaranteed to dig. Here's the best part. No commitments. Bespoke Post lets you know which box they picked out for you on the first of each month. You'll have five days to keep it, switch it, or skip it. Here's the deal. Did you have the box sent to you yet, Saruti? Have you signed up? Did I did. You, what'd you get? What'd you go with? I got the men's. It's um. It's basically like grooming care. Yeah, you it, did. obviously because that's who I am. Yeah. Shampoo. Ooh. Uh, the toothpaste is actually freaking awesome. Best toothpaste I've ever used. Best Comes in an awesome bag. Bunch of other stuff. Toothpaste. Beard stuff, which would you know you'd obviously love. Beards are super in right now. So hey, bespoke in their box of awesome, upgrading Saruti style. His apartment. Does your life feel updated? Do you feel more awesome? It does. These are things that I wouldn't buy that I now own ah, that I feel so much cooler about. So you do it one box at a time. So present to yourself, basically, from yourself once a month. Now you can experience it too at boxofawesome.com. Bespoke Post scouts out quality and unique products around the world, delivering them to you every month without the high retail markups. To get started, visit boxofawesome.com and answer a few short questions that will help them get a feel for the boxes that will best go with your style. Whether you're in search of the perfect drink, a well-kept pad, or jet-setting in style, my God, like James Bond's going to sign up for this. Bespoke Post helps you get there, improving your life one box at a time. Each box is going for under 50 bucks, but has more than $70 worth of unique gear waiting inside for you. On the first of each month, you'll receive an email with your box details. You'll have five days to change colors and sizes and add extra goods to your box. If you're not feeling that month's box, then just skip it. From barrel aging kits, you can barrel age stuff at home. I don't want to say it's moonshining because I think that's still a felony, but... Certain states. Yeah. Limited edition cigars, weekender bags. I actually saw the weekend bag thing. That bag looks, is nice. That looks sick. To classy dop kits, Bespoke Post offers essential goods and guidance for the modern man. Here's the deal. To receive 20% off your first subscription box, go to boxofawesome.com. You should just go to boxofawesome.com because the website sounds cool. And enter the promo code Russillo, R-U-S-S-I-L-L-O. At checkout, that's boxofawesome.com. Promo code Russillo, R-U-S-S-I-L-L-O for 20% off your first box. Bespoke post, themed boxes for guys that give a damn. World Cup update. 
Mexico, they've had some chances here. They're up one nothing. What on a PK? Yeah, and South Korea is they have one really nasty player who plays for Tottenham, and oh. but Mexico is clearly the better side. So and they're probably going to win this group honestly now that they beat Germany. Are you rooting for Mexico because Landon Donovan told you to? <laughs> uh, no, I am not. That was that was ridiculous. I mean, I I, I didn't get it. And then yeah, you, you sent text a tweet, me. and I go, "Hey, what what am I missing here?" And then you told me, and then I saw the Wells Fargo ads for the whole like it's a, what that deal is. Is what they do. They're like, "Hey, we're gonna pay you a couple hundred grand. You're gonna do Wells Fargo thing, but then you're gonna have to do some social on it as well." Oh yeah, cool. I have a bunch of followers. I'm gonna do that. Um, and then he just got destroyed and it wasn't the first tweet of root for mexico it was the second thing right yeah the, the first tweet was bad because it's essentially like telling a cowboys fan hey like root for the eagles in the super bowl because like nfc east you know like that's because they're in Concacaf, which is basically our part of the world that we count that we qualify for the world cup in and that's fine like i hated it but it, it is what it is i get it you're a sellout you're getting money i would probably take a check too for whatever it, there, there, there's a number out there that would that would make me root for them but the, the the follow up tweet is when he got when he started getting bashed and it was Hercules Gomez who works for us here now on FC was like basically like hey man this is like ridiculous he basically told him like hey you're Mexican like you you know you should know your heritage are you proud of the way that you know Mexicans are treated in this country and you're just like where did we how did we get here like the, we're talking about soccer El Tri I could root against I could root against Mexico and still like Mexicans. That's not like they're not, they're not like that's, that. I don't even know how we got there. And he just took he just went from zero to 100 real quick. Real What's quick, up, Drake? Yeah. And it was just, you know, and he, listen, I, he's a legend. This is going to hurt him. Like he's the, the fans will not forgive him for that. I know I know the whole Rosillo PR thing is just like wait it out and it'll be fine. I don't think he's going to be all right. Oh, he'll be fine. People just move on. <sighs> move on. for It's a bad look, though, for him. And then to be like, don't you don't you appreciate how? What was it? Didn't he say something about like your foot skills, like something specific to the Mexican style of play that like this other player because he grew up in Southern California? Like, well, he was saying is he grew up yeah. around that he played with and right. and they inspired and it, his ins- his style of play, his style of play, right, right. Um, I heard you guys doing that with Will Kane. Sometimes there's a check that you have to say no to, or you go, hey, I'll do the Wells Fargo thing. I'll even throw in a so like make it a joke, like throwing the Mexican scarf. As Landon Donovan, and it can feel a little selloutish, and that's fine. But like that was a a mistake tweet followed up by I'm doubling down on it, and people were just like, "You gotta be kidding me!" Overall, World Cup, I watched, I love it, I do. I am I'm not a hater anymore. The flopping is atrocious, um, but it's I don't like when soccer guy goes, "Oh, LeBron flops or all this stuff." The, the magnitude of the flops and the carrying out, I think you and I are about to disagree right now. It's so dramatic and absurd. No. It, and the magnitude of like what a flop can mean in the outcome of these games. Yeah. Like I don't think you're going to have, like, yes, you oh, could have a charge. Mexico flop. just scored their Oh, there we go. Chicharito. That's Chicharito. You know who loves Chicharito? P. Antoinette, uh, Antoinette Collins. <laughs> Other, formerly, yeah. she used to be Tony Collins. Now she's Antoinette Collins. She loves her some Chicharito. Who doesn't? The little P. That's his nickname, the little P? Yeah. No, if you're little. Probably you know, the worst. Not, not a great nickname. Not the best nickname ever. But. Better than standing tall and talented. <laughs> <laughs> that nickname I hadn't heard Stoudemire's nickname in a while, and Jalen yelled it out on Get Up, and I went, "Man, that that nickname's stupid. It can't be that long." Yeah, well, it's stat, but you <laughs> well, just like, go, "What did you do? Did you sit around one night and we're like, we're not leaving until we come up with a cool acronym? Let's start with the premise of Scuba. You guys all know Scuba, right? <laughs> okay, let's base. How do we recreate right, that? <laughs> I want to be a six ten power forward with a nickname that's kind of like Scuba. 
Well, that's what's worse, that or Wade giving himself his own nickname after he already had a nickname because he went from Flash to Wow World of Wade, another actor. You know, LeBron straight up dissed it. He should have. Do, do you remember when LeBron they asked him, they're like, "Hey, what do you think of the World of Wades?" He's like, "The what?" And they were like, "The Wow." And he's like, "Corny as hell, man." Like he said it. Yeah. I think they were. That's when they were with the Heat when that whole thing started. Yeah. Um, but you're all in on the World Cup. If it's on, I throw it on. I, I mean, I don't, I don't schedule my day around it. But this stuff's awesome. This is a world event. Like I appreciate it way more before. And my whole thing of not liking soccer younger is I just didn't like soccer guy. I, I couldn't stand him. I and there's still parts of it where it's so still like, oh, Americans can't understand going backwards. I get it. Like I understand kicking it backwards. No, it opens a, up the other. Like it's so like as if you couldn't. Dude, guys throw it into the post and they throw it back out. Like, no, what? it's not that. It's it's it's, and I love you, Danny. But it's it's the I don't understand the draw guy. Like, why is there a tie? No, the draw thing. I'm actually all for. Like when Portugal pulls a draw there with Spain. Like I understand Portugal's side yep. being thrilled with that. Yep. Like you could make fun of it. And you could screen grab it and and show Ronaldo going nuts. And you're like, oh, tie. Like I wouldn't do that anymore. And the guy that's still doing that. Like, and it's not like the if you watch that game, you go that a tie is something to be celebrated in that group play. For example, if Iceland drew Argentina, that's a win for Iceland. I might go to Iceland this summer. You should. I'm thinking about Guilty it. Guilty Stigerson. Say what's up. That, that, that soccer team would love me. They would. They would. They would embrace you as one of their own. But it's not like the championship. It's not like the, the championship game ends in a tie. Like, well, I guess one one. We'll call it. A, we'll give it. We'll give a trophy to both teams. Like, no, no. I, I'm I'm totally with you. Like you're doing. I don't want to be updated meathead right there. Who did you pick to win the whole thing? Spain. No, I have Brazil. I have oh. Brazil over Spain. Um, just because Brazil's the best team. I mean, they are. Uh, How about Ger- Neymar? Neymar, Still well, getting it done. A lot of people. Neymar is sort of a controversial guy though, because a lot of people. There are some people that think he's kind of like a black hole. You know, D'Angelo I'm trying Russell to think like a Dion Waiters type. You know, but more talented. You know, but I, yeah, they're, they're I would say Neymar standing in his sport is a little bit higher. A little than bit Deion better. Waiters. A little bit better. Although I don't know if Dion Waiters would agree. Will you explain more on the anti-Messi thing? Because now he's starting oh, to get murdered, right? So, yeah. So basically, Argentina. The problem is, um, you know, there's been this back and forth between he and Messi for years and years and years, and it, it's it's like spurts. Like Messi will win a couple Ballon d'Ors, he'll win a couple Champions League, and now it's now Ronaldo's turn. Ronaldo's won the last three Champions Leagues, couple Ballon d'Ors in a row. And Ballendor is the best player, right? Yeah, it's basically like the MVP of the world. And of the world. Yeah. I mean, so like everybody's available? Everybody's or? available. Yeah, yeah. 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 You and I, but we uh we missed the cut. And r- listen, Ronaldo, I'm a messy Messi guy. Messi has how many Ballendors? Uh, he's got probably I mean every, it, the last decade they basically split every one of them. So, so maybe okay. five or six. I'm not sure off the top of my head. So each. Here, you know what? You talk, I'll look it up. Yeah. So Essentially, Ronaldo's on a great run right now, and he scored a hat trick in the opening game. And Messi has yet to to score. He missed the penalty that would have won them a game against Iceland. So he's just getting crushed from all angles. And the issue the issue is too is that people think Messi gets babied. They think he gets babied by Barcelona, and they think he gets babied by um, Argentina because he. It's like basically he only wants to play with his friends and. There are a lot of Argentinian guys who got left off the roster or who don't play because they're quote unquote not friends with Lionel Messi. And there are wow, su- that sounds yeah. Crazy. Now I don't know. Listen, this is these are just rumors. Who knows? And their coach, you know, their coach. I don't understand the lineups that he's putting out there. They're playing guys I've never even heard of. Argentina is one of the top probably five to eight most talented countries in the world, and the lineups that they're putting out are, are an absolute joke. But he's he hasn't really showed up, 
And and I'm a messy over Ronaldo guy, so I'm I guess I got to eat a little bit of crow here. But does he not have the clutch gene? You could say that. I mean, but the thing is, he's he's. And here's the other problem: is that does the name Diego Maradona mean anything to you? Yeah, of course, hand of God. Okay, hand of God. 1986, I believe. And who that guy? Do a little research on him. He's a fascinating human being. But he won he won the World Cup with Argentina. Uh, you know, like I said, in '86, and he is he is a god in that country. You think I didn't know who Maradona? I didn't. Listen, I'm just for our audience who doesn't know. Okay. And until and Messi's won everything you could win in the world of soccer except the World Cup, and in his own country, he will not be loved until he wins the World Cup. So th- I would say there's more pressure harsh. on him than anyone else in the world. By the way, I have it here. Stanley Matthews, the first winner of the Ballon d'Or in 1956 out of Blackpool. Mm, yep, good English club. Yeah, he's an Englishman. No longer in the Premier Stanley League. Matthews, not from Korea. Um, Stanley Clark, great bassist. So let's go through it. Ronaldo and then Messi was second. Neymar was third, 2017. Ronaldo, Messi, Griezmann, Atletico Madrid, Frenchman, Frenchman. right? Yeah. Um, Then it was Messi, Ronaldo, Neymar. All three dudes play. Oh, wait a minute. I'm worried about Barca. Barca. (laughs) Uh, Then it was Ronaldo and Messi again. So wait a minute. So Ronaldo's won three of the last four and the one Messi won. So they're just interchangeable. But Messi went on a run, I believe, before that of a few straight. Messi, 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 Ronaldo. Kaká. Did Fred ever win one? No, Fred's good, Brazilian, but he he, won't he wasn't that level. Anymore. No, what a great name. There's two Freds too. There's like a striker Fred who's a little bit older now, and then there's the Fred who's a midfielder who just signed for Manchester United. Wait a minute, in 1995, George Way. Do you remember that name? George Way. Well, Tim Way, uh, Timothy Way June. Wait, yeah, Tim is Way American won the Ballon d'Or. How come that guy's not playing? Well, his How, son. We, we could have used US. him. His son plays for the U.S. Yeah, but if he won it in '95, that's only 23 years ago. We could have used him. Um. Yeah, I do like it. I like it. I still like the UEFA Cup stuff better. But again, for me to stop what I'm doing to go, hey, what's Rosillo up to today? He's like, he's just locked in on UEFA. I think that stuff is awesome because they're the teams, right? Like, the, this, wouldn't people argue that the level of play, even though, um, it's not necessarily the same talent thing, they're just so much more in sync as teams, where it's still harder to kind of play to that level of in the World Cup. You mean? Yes. Yeah, like these teams in playing in the World Cup, they don't have a ton of experience playing with each other. That's why, you know, they're kind of like the heat. Like Real Madrid, that that lineup has been together for years and years, and they'll add a piece here and there. But that, like, you know, that they know how that thing runs. These these they basically have like a month to get their their bleep together, and that's why usually the most talented teams always win. If they're not, and, and honestly, the best part about this World Cup too is I don't think there have been any nil nil draws. Like everybody scored. There's a lot of scoring, and that's great. But it's it, it's a lot of unorganized sort of like free-for-all talent wins type of soccer. I was watching, um, and by the way, I think the Fox coverage has been really good. Uh, I, I don't know if I would be able to tell if it were terrible. Shouts um, out to Rob Stone. Rob Stone's the best. And and Lawless is, he's a really like interesting analyst. I don't know, do people like him or not, but like his... It's pretty split. Yeah, I could see that, but that's actually kind of great. You know, you don't want to be somebody who has a voice where you go, hey, I'm indifferent to him. Oh, so am I. Um but Lawless has a way about him that I think is really good for TV. Soccer snob guy doesn't think he has any idea what he's talking about. Oh, and then no those guys kidding. like me who are just like, I, he's he's an entertainer. He's good. He's good on TV. Yeah, he's he's good on TV. He's just good yeah. on TV. But he was sitting with this other guy. Who's the older white guy, like the English guy? Oh, Korea challenging in the box. And 
I don't know. It's probably somebody's going to fall down here eventually. No, no one fell down. Oh, that's what I wanted to talk to you about, flopping. Yeah. Most times, though, like, the flops are bad. As, as a flop. Like, as a flop happens currently. Literally this second. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was such a terrible flop by but the, the, but the, by thing the is, goalkeeper. A lot of times they don't determine what's happening. Like, a guy can flop, and then the ref will just be like, dude, get up. Come on. Like, we're tired of this. Like, you'll see it. We'll all laugh at it on Twitter because we see the gif of it or the vine. <laughs> and... But th- like this guy's not getting a red card. This isn't changing the impact of the game at all. The no, question- but there's some like there. I've seen some plays where it comes into the box and the guy instead of even trying to make a play, he'll die. And that's annoying. And, and that's that guy gets called where- out a lot though. Like, like Neymar did that yesterday for Brazil, and you're like, dude, you could have just shot it instead of like acting like. Oh know, my god, this was almost a terrible, terrible. They kicked it back to the goalie, and a South Korean player made a play mm-hmm. on Ochoa. And um, we're waiting to see the flop here. This is intense soccer coverage. First time ever. Oh my God! Yeah, it's not it's not a, so, it's not a good terrible. one. They slid into each for those seventy sixth minute yeah, Mexico. I mean, they barely touched. Yeah, seventy sixth minute. If you need to see it, but you know, like everybody does it. Everybody does it. So, like in their world, and that's kind of the thing that I always think is kind of funny. It's actually like the Mickelson thing. If I had done a radio segment, I would have done it this way because I was thinking about it. So when Mickelson putts his moving putt, people in the moment lost their minds. Okay, but a lot of it was from the golf community, okay? People that golf, people that are passionate about golf, people that go, hey, golf is the the gentleman's sport. It's the game of, of rules. Like, if you ever golf with somebody who just is like, hey, the way this game is supposed to be played is that you don't get to move it, you don't get to improve your life, you don't get to screw around, like all these different things. There's no mulligans. Like, I've played golf with guys like that. And I understand where they're coming from. Like, that's the point. Like, don't tell me you're shooting in the 80s when you're really shooting in the 90s because you're, you're, you're fixing everything. Like, what's your real score? And you know what? I kind of... There's a part of me that admires it, but if it's a bunch of buddies on a bachelor thing and I'm in a terrible, like, I don't want to, you know, I don't, you don't even keep score. I'm not worried about it. I don't even golf that much anymore anyway. But the golf community was the one that was most upset. And then you had outside people telling the golf people that they were losers for caring so much. And even though I can understand that part of it, it's almost like telling fashion models, like people in fashion, like if I were to watch a runway show and go, why don't they smile more? Well, that's not what it is, man. That's not what it is. In their world, this is what they do. They give you that blue steel, that face that's like, don't even ask me for my phone number, even though I just pound cigarettes (laughs) and I hang out with an ugly short guy from Peru that has a Maybach and and we were at the Jimmy at Soho all the time. And you're like, you're with that dude. But yeah, she's giving you that look that's like, don't even bother. And you can't like, hey, I'd like to see a smile. Like, give me a little girl next door. No, no, no. That's not what we do here in the fashion world. We wear drapey, weird stuff, and sometimes we come out with stuffed animals, and who knows? So if the golf community is upset, how can you tell the golf community, hey, you be less offended? Well, you're driving by, man. You're seeing stuff on Twitter. You might not even be watching the Open. I'm supposed to respect your opinion, the guy that doesn't even pay any attention to the sport? Don't tell me how to do business when I'm doing business here. And that's a little bit what soccer is. It is funny to see the GIF. It's annoying as hell. But that's kind of their world. That's what they all do. I get really mad when it's a oh, – actually, I should rephrase that. I don't even care enough to get really mad. But I would think, why wouldn't you want to give yourself a chance to make a play on the ball and just give yourself up? And like I said, those guys will get criticized if they flop. Like there are known floppers and they – like like Neymar got crushed yesterday because he could have shot on a goal and instead he decided to draw the foul and get the penalty late in the game. And you're like, dude, come on. So it's not like they're all embracing saying, oh, that's so great of you. Like – savvy play it's like no hey dude get up yeah right get up no I, pun intended i had fun going on get up i'm sure you did how's green you doing 
great. It was great. Seriously, man, it was great to see everybody. I, you know, I, I really, I know we're com- two completely different personalities, and I wish I had a little bit more greenie in me, career wise. I, re- I really do sometimes when I think about like, because I have no idea um, what's going to happen with me. I mean, I have, I have things going on, but it is like if I want to do the really breaking of the fourth wall here on the podcast, like we'll see what happens here in the next couple months. But um, I, I admire like Greenies just. I know people like to goof on him, you know what I mean? Because it's Greeny, and you know he played up the dorky thing with Golik forever. But if you don't understand like how talented Greeny is at just running the thing and having that energy, like his energy every morning, that's a skill, man. That's a skill. And so you go in, and he, you know, yes, everybody that comes on is the best NFL. No one's more plugged in than Ryan Rosillo, and then it'll be the next guys. Like no one's more plugged in than Jay Williams and all that stuff. But like that's that's actually the right thing to do. So it was really cool, and it was cool to see Jalen, and I've known Beetle a while, and like I said, I love their staff, and that whole setup down there is awesome. It's right on the water, their their whole deal, and uh, and Woj was down there. Like he did it, he did a segment before me. I heard it wasn't as good, but um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he and I were outside, and it was funny because like I, I was going, "Hey, Woj, you like I'll have our car drop you off. I'm not in a rush to go anywhere." And he like you know gets a call, and you're just like, "Oh, you know that dude, that dude's a monster." But Woj has been really great to me, so I've, I I uh, I I don't even know why I'm going down this road. I'm just I'm simply saying like he's 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 so intense. He's just he's a machine. But yeah, if we wrap this whole draft thing up, there weren't that many surprises. So that's soccer talk. Is there anything else we need to do? Life update in the house. Um, drapes are expensive. Yeah, you're sleeping in the guest bedroom. Yeah, did I tell you the drape estimate? No, vaguely. Yeah. So my man comes in, really nice guy. He was a Romanian, and I go, "All right, this is what I need because everybody can see into every single room in my house, and we get a you know it's tight quarters out here, Manhattan Beach." And he writes down fourteen something thousand, and drapes are again for the kids. That are listening, you're gonna you'll be a grown up one day, and your wife, or maybe you're not gonna have a wife, and you just watch a lot of games and sit around by yourself and go on vacations. Um, you're gonna you're gonna have a drape guy come by or gal, all equal, and they're gonna shoot you a price for three Romanian style drapes or Roman style drapes. Excuse me, my my consultant was from Romania, and they're gonna put that number down in front of you, and you're gonna lose your mind. You go three grand for three windows. But then there's always a little, little weird. So yeah, he put down the number. It was fourteen thousand something, and I went, dude, two floors, one window in the guest, four sliders in the master, two windows there, four windows in the bathroom. So what are we talking? We're putting up a, the rod and yeah, and- two rods, and I got to span like ninety four inches across on two floors. And the bottom floor one, I need the privacy and dulling effect as much as I possibly so can. So this is all right custom there. fit, obviously, right? This is what the deal is. You know, oh yeah, we're yeah, not yeah. going to Bed Bath and Beyond here. No. And then they told me they were cheaper than like the guys next door, right? But of course, nobody, you don't call anybody like, actually, we're pretty pricey. We have a bad rep. <laughs> um, so he writes down the 14,000 something and I go, Ooh, man. I go, I had a number in my head and I, even in my head, I go, this can't be more than 10. Like it can't be more than 10, can it? And that's me doing the, this stuff is so much more expensive than people realize. And now there's adults listening to this podcast too going, yeah, dude, welcome to life. Yeah, seriously. I, yeah. Well, if you had said to me how much would drapes cost, I would have said, you would you say fourteen grand? It I was four, fourteen hundred. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> like that's how I would have thought about it before. You know, the first ownership condo I had. I mean, 
I was taping 3M to the inside of the windows. The place was a dump. I would go away and there'd be rats stuck to a rat mat. It was disgusting. And I, I had to go to the super. I'm like, look, dude, we, we got some issues in my place. Uh, and he's like, well, you're the owner. I go, yeah, what's the HOA for? Just I just have to deal with all the rats in this old building. And then I go, I can't. This is not that I'm, you know, I have a T-shirt. What about the rats? Like, I'm not that guy. But when you come back and you see some mice stuck slowly dying to like a tack pad, it's horrible. It's disgusting. So I felt so bad. I go, dude, we got to come up with something a little better here. Let's get let's get a bucket. Let's get one of those entry level <laughs> bucket deals here. You um, just picture you saying, dude, we got We got to figure something out. Yeah, we got. I can't. Be, <laughs> I can't be coming back from a Vegas weekend for a for a fight, and I got four mice that are just slowly breathing their last breath. Like that's. I'm in a bad enough place, you know, off a of, of weekend in Vegas as it is. I don't need dying animals in the middle of dying stuck to a tack pad in my kitchen. So we didn't get short version of that. We didn't get drapes in that place. Okay. We weren't doing high end <laughs> drapes there. But then the next place. So yeah. So then I went 14 four. I'm like, man, I go, dude. And he just goes, all right, 11. That quick. I'm telling not five seconds. We got it down to 11, which makes me think I shouldn't even have, I should have said, Hey, well, you can leave now. I'm going to get a second estimate. Thanks for your time. It probably would have gone down again. Seriously. I think 11 was what he was hoping to get. And the yeah, problem you did him is, a favor. yeah, I, I thinking back on it, I usually, I'm a little bit more stern with that kind of stuff, but I had an AV guy there. I had direct TV there. I had another dude trying to, I still don't have hot water there. So I was taking cold showers. Do you which we've already talked about. I, I gotta tell you, you should do, this should be, I think we should have cold shower week. Mm. All right. Well, think about it. Yeah. Don't answer now. I'll, but it's a tricky thing to do to try to negotiate with these guys. Cause I don't, you're not trying to insult them. Like if they, they, they do this. No, everybody's trade. running a business out Sometimes, there. I'm, I'm, I'm always bad at that. Cause I feel so, I'm like, oh man. See, like but that's, that's your construction background. Like, that's cause your dad, that's what he does. He did estimates. And so like yeah. my father's the same way. Like I know how my dad used to do his pricing and all that stuff and what went into it, what didn't, and then fighting with people. And then, you know, there's just these people that think everything is about screwing over anyone providing any service. But what you also don't want to do is you don't want to chisel the guy down so badly that then when he comes to do the stuff at your place, that he, he just totally mails it in. Although I've had guys do that. I've had guys do that. Like I had a, job for like two grand on some drapes in the Connecticut place and they moved my couches around and dented up all the sheetrock and then of course you call and they're like are you sure it was us I go well let's see it wasn't there for two years and then you guys were there an afternoon and now it's there I'm gonna (laughs) I'm not a detective but I'm gonna you know the 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 evidence points to you guys and then they say like oh we'll do 50 50 bucks off your next install you're like, well, no, because there's not going to be a second install because you screwed up my sheetrock and 50 bucks on a $3,000 drink. Like, that's not really going to work, is it? So then they, they sent me a check for like 100 bucks or something. Never fixed a drywall. I was going to say, though. there's no way you fixed it. None. Zero. I just moved the couch. Fixing drywall is not easy. I had to do it once because when I had my TVs hung, I had it. You, you saw the basement setup I had, oh, yeah. right? So that whole thing, the guys installed and hung the TV, and it was these two dudes, and all they did was fight with each other the whole time. And then ask me questions about ESPN. And they were they were nice enough guys. So I don't want to. They might be subscribers. But they hacked. They just cut a huge. I'm talking like. Maybe 12 inches wide. 8 feet across. This huge, huge hole in my wall. And they, they were so sloppy with it. 
did I go, are you guys the dudes in charge of fixing all this too and making it look better? And they're like, oh yeah, it's going to be mint, dude. It'll be mint, brother. <laughs> don't you fret. And I go, you know what? I actually don't trust you guys to do it. They're like, it's part of the price. Like, no, no. I'm like, I'll pay you the full thing to hang the TV, but I don't, you're not doing my, you're not my sheetrock guy. You guys have been fired, but you're my install guys. You're not my sheetrock guys. You bring in a sheetrock guy? No, I did it all myself. I went and bought the pieces, Whoa. cut it all out. And then, you know, the big thing with the sheetrocking is sanding and, and taping, sanding, taping, and then the plaster and just working it, working it, working it. And so man, dust everywhere. Yeah, but brutal. I, you know what? I was kind of pumped to buy a DeWalt hand sander, an orbital deal. That's probably why I fired the guys from my sheetrock because I thought, Really, I've had my eye on that orbital sander, and I haven't thought of any other way to really justify the purchase. And honestly, I shouldn't have bought it because I haven't used it since on anything. But I've got it, and it's sweet. It's got a little bag. Well, now you can fix drywall again. Yeah, I have a whole DeWalt setup. Two of the pieces. Are, my my sawzall still in the box, but I got it. Yeah, I could you. I could picture you being the guy who bought a lot of tools, but doesn't like because you were like, I'm gonna need like I'll need this. I want to have these tools, and then not actually use them. Yeah, my house is brand new. There's literally nothing I'll fix. Yeah. And I'm not going to be like building a deck. Yeah, like you have the sander in case you need it. I have it. I have it just (laughs) in case. Um, The circular saw I haven't had to use yet. But, you know, look, I love using the drill. I'll get out there. I'll drill all day. Yeah, the drill is, you know. Yeah. That's like a necessity. And it's great to have a good one. When the guy's like, hey, you look like a 12-volt guy. Do you? See these arms? I'm an 18-volt guy. Are we ram- Are we doing a Van Pelt podcast right yeah. now, you and I? Dude's talking. I think we covered it all. You want to go eat some Mexican food? Do it. All right. Sayulita, we'll be on our way. All right. Thanks, everybody. Please subscribe. I'd imagine I'm going to do a free agency show with Van Pelt, but I don't know if I'll do it from Bristol or L.A. Uh, I do want to go back and finish my house at some point, but I don't have to sand anything, like we said. All right. Thanks to everybody. It was an awesome week. Seriously, it was, uh, it was great to be back here, and I, I can't emphasize enough. Uh, numbers still doing great. We saw the latest updates, so keep subscribing. Uh, and like we said, spread the word on this thing. Let's make it bigger than Pod Save America. <laughs>